Welcome to Frickity Frack. We do talk back. Thank you for joining us in this special episode. My name is Patrick and I'm Frack. And I'm Leslie, Mrs. Frack. Frickity Frack, We Do Talk Back is a show where we will discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. And so tonight, we will be going through an episode of Leverage Redemption and connect it to teachings from the Bible. We will be going back to My Hero Academia in the next episode. Uh, and the name of the show comes from my dad, who dubbed uh, me and my brother Frickin' Frack since we were kids. And so we're we're do, Leslie and I. We've you know Mrs. Frack and I. We love the Leverage series, and recently they came out with the Leverage Redemption uh, TV series, uh, and we've thoroughly enjoyed the series. And so we're gonna do the first episode of that called the Too Many Rembrandt uh, Job. Uh, and so we start this episode with seeing a new character in a museum with flashes of light and a lot of alarms going off. Uh, and a lot of confusion. And so then we get a flash to three days earlier where we see Sophie waking up in bed alone with uh, people texting her and we find out that it is the members of the Leverage team. And in the text, she's constantly trying to respond and can't. And she's saying, like, I can't and I'm sorry and um, I don't want and stuff like that. And that's important because we find out that the reason... The, uh, the original Leverage team is gathering at the tombstone of Nathan Ford. that He had passed away um, a year ago. And so we find out that uh, Leverage International has 12 active teams. Uh, Sophie struggles uh, with everyone trying to comfort her. And the only thing that gets Sophie back to having some kind of life in her was deciding to steal something. So they walk into a museum shopping for something for Sophie. That when she comes across Harry the lawyer and how the owner of a Rembrandt painting whose family made money selling opioids is being protested and it's being this whole hoopla. Uh, after During the visit, Harry tries to steal a Rembrandt with the leverage team critiquing his thieving ability. <laughs> he discovers how to do some of his uh, theft on from YouTube. Yes. And they're very like... Oh, that's cute. <laughs> like, that's uh, awful. <laughs> And so we then go to six months earlier where Harry talks to his client, Maxwell, who's the sleazy pharmacy person. Uh, and, and he tells them that he knows how to hide his money and he gets him to agree to settling the people that are trying to sue him. Uh, he meets one of the people and promises to help them with the paperwork and everything that's going on. So when Harry gets back with Maxwell, uh, he has decided not to settle and, and he wants to tie them up in court. Uh, we get the team uh, agreeing to help Harry ruin Maxwell. Because uh, Harry feels absolutely awful about this because of um, the people that he you know, had been talking to that had been ruined by Maxwell. Um, and they were suffering, not just physically, but also emotionally, mentally, and financially. And so they figure out um, the way to get him is through a lost slash stolen Rembrandt. Uh, Parker ropes Maxwell into a fake auction. Elliot and Hardison explain the forging process to Harry as they plan how to get the material for making the forgery. Uh, the leverage team takes over an auction and gets Maxwell to be flustered because he won an auction but wouldn't be allowed to collect the item because of who he is. 
uh, where Maxwell then convinces Sophie to have dinner with him where he offers her a job and they plan a job to screw over Elliot's character. Harry and Elliot talk to Sophie about Nate uh, and during that they hook Maxwell for the painting and get ready to con him when Elliot gets surrounded by R.I.Z. goons. Learn more about them later in the season. Uh, So he defeats them and they realize the con is blown. Harry spirals when he shares how someone Maxwell was fighting in court died from an OD and hospital bills made the family lose their home. Harry walks into the museum and sets Maxwell's Rembrandt on fire. Uh, Harry meets with Maxwell where he accuses him of being the person behind the burning. Uh, Then Maxwell goes to the museum and he is told that the painting is a forgery and that all of his paintings are fake. And the leverage team had come up with the revised Plan M and replaced all of his paintings in museums and stole all of his money that they will give to the families that he hurt. Funny thing about Plan M, though, um, in the very first episode of Leverage, way back, um, uh, Nate says that DeHardison dies in Plan M. And so Hardison's like, well, let's not do that then. Like, we, we don't like Plan M. Forget Plan M. So when um, uh, Elliot comes up with Plan M in this uh, episode, Hardison's like, you know how I feel about Plan M. <laughs> And so then the episode ends with Maxwell fleeing to Panama and the team decide to go after him to finish the job because the job is not done. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things because this is a sequel series to um, the original Leverage series that ran for five seasons. Uh, this series is on IMDb TV. Uh, so it's free to watch. Uh, yeah. Anyone who can um, download that app, they'll be able to watch this show. We highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, and so in this this time period, this time gap, um, and so this is a quick. Spo- uh, do we do apologize for the spoiler of the end of the leverage, the original leverage series? Uh, Sophie and Nate retire from this job from leverage mm-hmm. and leave it to Parker, Hardison, and Elliot. And go to live a married life together. Yeah. And so Not in this, they really completely give it up, though. Right. And so they, um, uh, so we get caught up and find out what uh, everyone's been doing. Uh, Parker is running all of the teams. Uh, Elliot is running food trucks uh, that he uses specifically to hire people out of the mi- military, but he also does it to monitor the teams. And uh, Hardison is working heavily with humanitarian causes like refugees, refugees and, and things like that um uh, and, and he name drops george clooney's satellite i don't know what that's about at all <laughs> i don't even remember that so there um, you go and i love this episode so <laughs> yeah so anyways i mean he just talks about george clooney owning a satellite apparently um so anyway so we get Age of the Geek. yep uh so we get some catchphrases back um uh, like Age of the Geek. Like Age of the Geek, baby. <laughs> um, well, and they drink st- to that. <laughs> yeah. Let's go steal a stolen Rembrandt. Yeah. They, that's, they're like, all right, Sophie, you're the one who's got to say it. Yeah. And she's like, all right, let's go steal a stolen Rembrandt. And everyone's like, yes! And Harry's like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, Harry is Noah Weil. And I 
Um, love him. I love his actor, like The Librarian, which is, um, he has three movies and then a whole series called The Librarians, which, um, Christian Kane is in as well, the guy who plays Elliot. Um, they play really well together. They do. <laughs> and so, bringing Noah Weil in to replace Timothy Hutton, um, in, in a sense, like they still to have the, the full team, um, they did a really great job, um, getting him to come in and do this like yeah. I think that that was that was a well done choice and um Dean Devlin who was the the producer guy for Leverage is also the producer guy for Librarians and also um uh wasn't he one of the ones in Charmed as well I think so probably I don't, I don't know. know everyone Char- was in Charmed yeah, everyone was in Charmed except for Christian Kane and Noah Weil and any of these people um anyway well, Aaron Spelling was the main person behind Charmed. I don't remember. Anyway. Um, but Dean Devlin's awesome producer. He has a lot of great shows. But anyway, so anyway, it's just great to see him, um, see them together. And I, I just thought they did a great job bringing Noah, Noah Weil in. Yeah, he was, a, he was a good person to bring in uh, for this uh, season. Um, and uh, so we get a lot of, uh, and so we still even get more updates on what people are going through. Um, especially one of them with Parker has started seeing um, a psych- a child psychologist um, that they had helped work with. She, and she kind saved. of has a, the mind of a child in a lot of exactly. ways. Exactly. And they make the joke, hardest, I love this, Hardest makes the joke, she's like, she likes the puppets. She's like, I like the puppets. Yeah. Um, and, and they come up later in the last episode, actually, oh, right. of the season. Um, that she brings them back trying to get Elliot to talk to her about broken heart oh yeah, and yeah he was like what is it with you and puppets <laughs> yeah uh and so in this you know we always love the snark and the the side comments just mm-hmm. as much as the regular dialogue um when they're when the one of my favorite things they do is that they pit pickpocket harry in so many different ways like while he's trying to steal the Rembrandt. right and so um one of the things that Hardison finds out is that, you know, you know, all the things about Harry and he was like, and they eventually comes down to it. was like, Harry, you've worked for a lot of bad guys. I was like, Harry, you shady. <laughs> um, and we just, I just love that kind of language in it. Um, well, I, I liked the, um, I, I relate to Elliot in this part where, um, they're talking about going back and, you know, Oh, here we are round two or whatever it is. And, um, and uh, Elliot goes, uh, he goes, we're all back together like Star Trek. And Elliot goes, even numbers, baby. He goes, I hate that I know that. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I can relate. Like, I, I am nerdy and geeky and, and to an extent, but um, Frack here has made me even more so. And um, you're welcome. I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know if I'm thanking you for that or just acknowledging. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I just, I could totally relate to Elliot when he's like, I hate that I even know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just shows how much they're like Hardison and Elliot's friendship is. Oh, and then when they punch uh, Al- Elliot, finally in this, um, Harry, no while, has to quit stealing the Rembrandt because it's too late. It, his exit plan was rubbish. And so, um, 
they, he goes to leave and Elliot's coming out of his exit plan and punches him in the face. And, um, and, and so he goes, well, now you're going to have to carry him. <laughs> and he's like, fine. And, you know, our hardest than you get his left side. He goes, man, you hit him. I didn't, you know, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's almost like brothers. And oh, I, yeah. I love that. that well, that's one of my favorite relationships is their relationship. Right. And I bet Hardison might have, might, and I'm using air quotes here for an audio land, um, that Hardison might have been more willing to help carry him if Elliot hadn't been teasing him about how much of a lightweight Hardison was oh, yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Because he was hung over from the, like, like one, one drink. drink. Yeah. Um, and the muse- when they get to the museum, uh, and I love how they they understand the layout of, you know, Nate's garage and, and st- uh, yeah. Nate and <laughs> they, Sophie's garage. They, they diss him for having Vista. <laughs> yeah, they got to love that. Because, listen, for those who don't know this, Vista was a terrible operating system. And it did not last long. No. It was only like a year. Yeah, because like Windows 7 came out afterwards. Like very quickly afterwards. I mean, I know this is going away from leverage, but one of my favorite jokes that... Um, Sheldon Cooper does in the Big Bang Theory is that when he gets a new laptop because it was stolen, um, he uh, he goes from he gets Windows Seven on that laptop. He's like, and he comments, Windows Seven, this is so much better and more user friendly than Windows Vista. I don't, I don't like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, that that just makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, that, you know, Vista was just universally panned and hated. Um, but anyway, so knowing Nate's storage system, though, Harry was looking for a piece of equipment to use for the forgery. And um, he sees all of these masterpieces in there. And he's like, wait, are all these stolen masterpieces? Like, man. No, if they are stolen masterpieces, they're in that closet. And Elliot silently pointing to the other closet too, like they're all like, "Come on, dude, get with the program." Yeah, so we don't keep, you know, we don't keep the masterpieces with the forgeries. Yeah, um, and so that's always great. But they keep them in a closet. That's the funniest part yeah. to me. They keep your stolen masterpieces in, a, in just a random closet in the yeah. garage. Um, but anyway, one of my favorite parts of all these shows, like leverage every time is how they do it like how they they always do it in like a muted color palette it's not black and white exactly but it's not bluish yeah it's not um in color and i love that because it, it makes it very clear this is what happened to to get us to where we are at the end of the episode and um and that's just me being weirdly stylistic but <coughs> excuse me one of the things that um, that they did in this one that they hearkened back to the old leverage really well. Um, they had an, an, a backup plan, which actually turned out to be the main plan, where um, the reason... <coughs> sorry, they faked, they faked the Rembrandt that Harry set on fire. And then um, when Maxwell's accusing Harry of, of burning his thing um he's getting a insurance payout and he gives all the account numbers and passwords over the phone and everything which of course the, on the other end is really hardison to get you know getting all that stuff and then um <coughs> excuse me um uh, 
so they fake the Rembrandt. He's getting oh, and then um, Harry's actually collecting all the names of the people that um, Maxwell hurt. Um, that were suing him. That were suing him for you know his addiction causing drugs and everything, and um, so then you know Maxwell goes and he's like bragging to the museum. He's in the the insurance adjuster or whatever, and he's like, yeah. Um, I'm assuming you're going to help me sue the museum and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, no, you're not only is that Rembrandt that was burned a fake and you hired someone to burn it, which of course he didn't, but he, you know, and, um, but all of your art all over the world or all over the country, I guess it's just the U S it's all fake. (coughs) And so they, um, not only like, you know, get him for insurance fraud and, um, you know, he's a, you know, a bad guy or whatever, but now also his name is completely, um, you know, tainted as well. And so, uh, he's going to get arrested. He's going to go to jail, whatever. Um, which of course we find out he, he ba- posts bail and gets to Panama. Um, and so the next episode I believe is them taking him down yeah. like for good. But uh, anyway, it's just, they weren't just going after his money. They weren't just going after his fame. They were going after everything, his reputation and everything about him. Because that was one of the things that they talked about throughout the episode was how, I mean, and he says it all the time. He's like, I'm a patron of the arts. And he he kept dropping that phrase constantly constantly because that was his sense of worth. He was like, you know what? Identity. Forget all of these, you know, penny ante lawsuits and stuff like that. But people are going to care about is just how much I loved the arts, and that's all he cared about. Yeah. And so it was great because, and that's what, and that's what every leverage con is about is that they they find out okay what what would really wreck them, and that's what they go after and and ruin, um, like. Uh, some like for this guy being a patron of the arts, you know, others have been, um, I don't know, trust, trustworthy and yeah. stuff like that. Anyway, so they always ruin that part yeah. because that's what will make them unable to do <coughs> their bad things. Yeah. So at the very end, um, you know, Harry, his whole point of going through any of this was because he felt guilty for not just what he's done with for Maxwell, because he's a lawyer, but what he's done for many, many bad people. Because he said, he even said, I tried not to pick sides, but now that I'm looking back, I think I did pick a side. Because he just was whatever whoever would pay the most money. And, and, and he was the type of lawyer that was kind of like a fixer. Like, he wasn't just keeping you on the right side of the law, but also... He knew how to hide the money. He knew how to protect assets so that they wouldn't get sued off your back. Stuff like that. And he might not technically have chosen a side, but the fact that he was helping these bad men um, kind of escape justice uh, was kind of picking a side. And so at the end, um, he's, you know, saying they find out that he they couldn't find everybody on the list and Hardison's going, well, did you think you were finished? Like, just because we got him doesn't mean that um, 
and this is before they find out he's going to Panama too. It doesn't mean that you're done. Like now you have you have years of bad to make up for, and now, um, and he talked about the Jewish faith and how um, in the Jewish faith, and I don't know if this is true. This is just from the episode. Okay, so you know, um, but he was saying that redemption comes, you know, re- repentance and redemption come from, you know, you have to change and then, you know, you make redemption. And then he talks about how Elliot is constantly like working to redeem himself in his own eyes because of all the horrible things he did 15, 20, 30 years ago. And, um, and now, you know, Harry's going to have to do that too. So that kind of brings us to our biblical point. And, um, I find, I found this verse, um, Colossians, um, one 20 through 22. So passage, I guess not one verse and through him to reconcile to himself, all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So I liked this because one of the things, I mean, leverage is secular, obviously. And, um, you know, they never bring God into it, like ever. Except for the one miracle job. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they do bring Catholicism in it actually a little bit. I forget because... Nate, Nate was, was Catholic. Yeah. Um, he was an altar boy and all yeah. that stuff. And was thinking about going to seminary. Yeah, I think he was actually in school to be a priest, wasn't he? And dropped out or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. so. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. That was like a whole other thing. Um, so, okay, <laughs> they do bring God into a little bit. But my point is, like, that's not their focus at all. It's never doing the... It's all about doing the right thing. And it's all about balance, right? Good versus evil. And, and even in this one, they, you know... They do this good thing, but then they gloat about it to the guy that they're taking down. And it becomes more of a revenge almost than just redemption. And so, um, you know, that's not, those are not biblical points. And what I loved, you know, my, my thoughts was, you know, thank God, literally, that we don't have to constantly try to fix everything that we've done wrong. We don't have to pay for those sins forever because Christ came and paid for it for us. And, um, and I, I just love this verse because, you know, you were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, doing evil deeds. That's what this is all, what, what leverage is all about is people who do evil deeds, whether it's Harry or Elliot, or if it's the bad guy like Maxwell, if everyone's done evil, in the whole show. And what they are saying is that redemption comes from works, but that is not the gospel. The gospel is that redemption comes from accepting Jesus Christ, repenting. Yes. And, 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 um, and you actually pointed to this out when we were talking about it earlier, we strive for perfection. We strive not to do those evil things any longer, but we don't have to do works to redeem ourselves. Christ has already done that in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before God, before God, like Christ took it all. So we, while we do do works and good works and, you know, we don't do it 
out of guilt. We don't do it out of, you know, a need for redemption. We do it because we're serving the Lord and his people. And so um, I just love that, you know. So for once, I, I think usually I try to, we try to find how it relates to the gospel. But this time we kind of see how it doesn't. Yeah. Um, well, that and and the, you know, the Christian faith, you know, as Lester was pointing out, you know, we, you know, we repent. Yes. And we become, you know, in, in, West, in Wesleyan um, theology, we have, you know, different ideas. We have grace, but we have different names for it, kind of depending on what stage you're, you're receiving this grace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have the prevenient grace, that the grace that is drawing us closer to God and drawing us to him, uh, knowing that we need to change. And so we repent, receive Christ's redemption, and then we are justified before God. And then as we grow closer uh, to God, we are striving towards what um, John Wesley refers to as Christian perfection. And, uh, and so in this um, time, we're, you know, we, we are supposed to be putting our actions more and more in line with what God wants of our <coughs> lives. And, uh, and so that's, you know, and so that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. Now, um, does that mean we should be vigilante, you know, white crime fixers? Because that's really what leverage is about is white yeah. crime, white collar crime. Yeah. And, you know, those kind of things. Uh, not really. That's kind of what the police and and stuff like that are for. But what we are called to do as brothers and sisters of in Christ is for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to help. God and, and and point out sin, but we're supposed to do it lovingly with grace and mercy. And the leverage team does not do that. Yeah. Um, but we're supposed to do that with grace and mercy and compassion because we understand, each one of us, that we were sinners before God and we're offered grace and mercy. We're supposed to do that for um, others as well. But then also, you know, when we come across people who don't believe in God, we're supposed to show them grace, mercy, and compassion as well because Christ has already died for them. Yep. The grace and righteousness and, and redemption is there waiting for them. That once again going back to prevenient grace. And so that's one of those things that is really important. And I love this we're able to talk about this kind of idea of about redemption and reconciliation in the Christian way because of this episode. Yeah. Well and you know um Oh, shoot, I had a point. <laughs> this happens a lot when you become a mom. Uh, you, like, forget stuff mid-sentence. Um, oh, gosh. I was just going to be, I was just going to mention something else about the difference. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, now I'm, now I'm thinking Batman, which is like, you said vigilante, so I was um. thinking Bat, Batman. And, um, oh, 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 I remember, I remember now. See, I remember. So, I, um, I love that it shows, though, that there's so many people out there doing good that aren't necessarily, you know, Christians and they're not necessarily even going to heaven. You know, like right. we don't know their hearts, of course, but like these are good people, but they're doing these things not necessarily for the right reason. Mm-hmm. And um, doing the right thing is always a good thing, but, it, you know, you want to come from doing the right, right thing from for doing it the right reasons. And um, that's why what 
what where I was coming from with, you know, we do do good works. Like Christians are called to do good works, but not because of guilt or even earning our way to heaven. Or yeah, or, or redemption or any of those things. It was it's we do the good works because we've been changed, because we've accepted that grace and we want to, you know, spread it around, you know, make sure yeah. everybody um knows about Christ and, you know, um faith without works is dead, you right. know, that kind of thing. Well, so. you make a really good point because you're quoting James and James also is the one who talks about works righteousness mm -hmm. and that it's, that's not the way it works. Yeah. Um, in which that's what the leverage team is all about. And that's what Hardison mm -hmm. is telling Harry is that it's like, you know, you've got, you got to work for your righteousness yeah. where that's not what the Christian faith tells us. <laughs> and like this harkens also to, um, you know, Avengers and Black Widow specifically, mm -hmm. you know, she talks about having red in her ledger yeah. and she just wants to wipe out the red. Can you wipe out that much red in your ledger? And like, again, it's all about balance, like good for evil, good for not, not like, you know, Christ comes and wipes out your ledger for you right. and you start anew. Um, and so, and then you do good works just to do good works for him rather than for a, the purpose of redeeming yourself or getting to heaven or whatever you're why, you know, the, the purpose of it changes. And, th and that, that's what I mean about, you know, doing the right thing for the right reasons. Yeah. And, and uh, you can do the right thing, but for the wrong reason. Absolutely. All right. So now for Mrs. Frack's favorite part of the show, I hate this part. <laughs> what would you rate this episode? So I would actually rate it around probably a four, 4.2 maybe, because um, while I do, I, I was so looking forward to this. This came out like what, July 9th or something like that or something. September 9th. I don't know. It was like the 9th of something, but I remember having it on my calendar. I was so super excited about this coming back because this leverage is one of my favorite episodes. I literally watch it on DVD all the time. And um, so super excited about it. And I loved all the little throwbacks to um to the earlier thing the earlier um series and i loved i love 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 no while so bringing him in was excellent i struggled a little bit with um them like you know, gelling as a team again um even like like parker and hardison have been together all this time and they said it was about eight years um, that has passed since they, you know, split up. So, like, them coming back together and, and kind of gelling again, like, like Hardison brought back the bra thing that was, like, so annoying in that very first episode mm -hmm. that they did away with the whole rest of the series. Yeah. And they brought it back, and I was like, that is so freaking annoying. And I just did not like that at all. <laughs> but, like, stuff like that, but, like, just... And like Parker being her weird quirky self and like loving vents and stuff like that, like they they tried a, almost a little too hard yeah. to make it work. Um, I will say by the end of the episode, it worked. And like when they got ready to go to Panama, it felt organic again. And I think, I mean, part of it, I guess, is probably, I mean, they were trying to, you know, they got rid of Timothy Hutton so and Nathan, Nathan Ford. Um, and then they got rid of, um, uh, not got rid of, but they, they changed, you know, what, they, what they've all been doing all this time. And I don't know, I guess bringing it back together, they, they, it was going to have some 
some yeah. friction. Um, so, I, you know, maybe that was or that was on purpose. I don't know. But it felt like it was just a little too forced. And so, um, like I said, by the end of the episode, when, like, Harry's on board and everything, it, it got better. And I will say the rest of the season, they do an excellent job. They bring in um, a couple new, uh, more new characters, but they do an excellent job of, um, of bringing in the people later. This yeah. one was harder. And, I, I mean, they had a lot. Episode. Yeah, well, they had a lot to unpack. Yeah, um, because one of the big things for diehard leverage fans like us, yeah. we would be like, okay, what have the, what has everyone been up to? It's like you're gonna have to cover that, or we're gonna be mad. Um, so yeah. and, and so that's that unfortunately is part of the the growing pains of starting the new series and everything, yeah. and then explaining why Nate's not there, that kind of thing. Um, you know, you know, since he passed. Honestly, uh, I probably would have given it like a four point eight if it hadn't been for the bra. Nice. Oh yeah, she does hate that <laughs> really with hate a passion. Um, for those so of our longtime listeners, everyone knows I hate Deku crying. Um, she hates it about as much, uh, actually more. Um, it's, I mean, it's just not necessary. <laughs> um, so for for me, um, I you know I, I'll be close in score. I'll probably do a, a solid four. Great start, like. Probably almost better to to do the first two episodes together. So for those who haven't tried the show, make it through the first make it through the first the first two episodes because as Lester was saying, there uh, is a a new character that's going to be added to the team, and she is introduced in that episode. She's fantastic, and she's they did a great job, and she is a delight. She is a delight, Um, (laughs) and so. Um, so anyway, so do the two-parter so you get a real feel for what the series is going to be like. Um, so I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a solid, it's a solid four, uh, episode. It's good. Um, is it perfect? No, but it, well, the, I mean, a, a, a pilot episode hardly is ever perfect and because they've got to figure out what they're doing. And so like the... You know, they're working out of Sophie's house, and I mean, they're not even their main set yet for the show. Right, that's so, true. That's a really good point. And so they get an awesome, awesome place. Oh, yeah, later absolutely. On, like in New um, Orleans, and it's really uh, cool. And so, so anyway, recommend. so highly recommend this, this series. The series, uh, yeah. Um, so watch the first two episodes and then kind of go from there yeah. if you if you want to so give it at least two episodes. Um, so highly recommend Solid Four, 4.2 from Leslie. Um, <laughs> And so, oh, um, so anyone with questions for us about biblical lessons we talked about in this episode or any other discussion ranging from anime, and that's for frickin' Freck, not for Mrs. Freck at all. Uh, unless, it unless it's Spy fairy, X Family. Or Fairy Tale. Oh, well, Spy X Family is manga. See, I can't even get the right, like, thing. Anyway, comics. Spy X Family is going to be an anime. I know. I can't wait. I'm actually really excited about that. Um, comics or anything in general, feel free to email us at frickityfracktalkback at gmail.com or reach out to us at, on Twitter at FricketyF or FricketyFrack on Instagram or, and Facebook. So all your social media, we got you covered. Uh, so know that we love you. God loves you. Let's go get some redemption. <laughs>